Welcome to another episode of the Deborah Health Report, where we dive into current health and medical topics to keep the Delaware Valley informed and updated. Last month, we covered heart arrhythmia prevention, detection, and treatment with electrophysiologist Dr. Hines, which you can still listen to at DeborahHealthReport.com. This month, we have a new discussion with the director of the Women's Heart Center at Deborah Heart and Lung Center, Dr. Renee Bullock-Palmer, about women's cardiovascular health and ways to improve your heart health. Here's Raza Kay. I'm Raza Kay, and I am talking with Dr. Renee Bullock-Palmer. She is the director of the Women's Heart Center at Deborah Heart and Lung Center in the heart of New Jersey, and we are talking about women and heart disease. Dr. Palmer, though, COVID has been the top health story of the year, and its statistics are staggering. Heart disease remains the leading cause of death for women in the United States. I mean, it's the leading cause of death worldwide. How do you define heart disease? So usually heart disease is a disease state that involves multiple factors. It could either be um, ranging from a blockage in the blood vessel of the heart, causing a heart attack or chest pain, leading to um, you know a, a weakened heart muscle, leading into heart failure. Um, other patients may have issues with the electrical circuitry of the heart, leading to weird rhythms of the heart. Those patients may manifest with palpitations. And then other patients may have valvular disease where they may e- either have a leaky valve or a very tight valve that may require interventions such as re- valve replacement surgery, open heart surgery, or minimally invasive uh, surgery. What are the risks of heart disease in women? Are, are they the same as for men? Who's more at risk, men or women? So I would say men and women are equally at risk. Um, it's a myth um, where women believe that they're at less risk compared to men, but we're actually at equal risk. Uh, risk factors include um, lifestyle choices, such as a sedentary lifestyle leading to obesity, um, a poor diet um, filled with trans fats um, and, and you know very high sugary foods. Um, those are some of the risk factors. Smoking is a big risk factor. Um, other disease states such as diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Now for women, there are other um, disease states that are unique to women in terms of increasing their risk. Um, this includes rheumatologic diseases such as RA, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, lupus is also another risk factor. Um, there's also a phenomenon um, called SCAD, which is spontaneous coronary artery dissection, which what that, what that um, whole long-term means is that Usually um, for some women, especially younger women, the vessels of the heart develop very small tears in the heart vessel and that can lead to an occlusion or blockage of the blood vessel. Um, Women are uniquely at risk for that condition as well. Finally, um, there are certain disease states in pregnancy, such as preeclampsia, diabetes in pregnancy, preterm births, which may also increase risk for women as they get older in life for heart disease. So when you say the risks during pregnancy, those become a risk later in life for women? That's correct. Um, So in fact, um, you know, for women, especially all physicians and certainly cardiologists should be inquiring um, from their patients their history of of, um, pregnancy. How did each pregnancy go? Did you have any complications in pregnancy? As we had mentioned with diabetes in pregnancy or preeclampsia, Um, Preeclampsia is um, a condition where women may develop a high blood pressure, swollen legs, and protein in the urine. Uh, Those are some of the things to ask for. Um, In addition to that, preterm births have also been associated. So um, you should be asking for an OBGYN history from all of your female patients because that's absolutely important. 
The symptoms of heart disease, though, can vary between men and women. It, they can present differently. So what are the ways that heart disease present in women that are not the way they present in men? It's often perceived that women do not have chest pain or, or have um, symptoms other than chest pain. But in fact, um, recent studies have shown that women are just as likely to present with chest pain. However, in addition to chest pain, they may also have other symptoms such as shortness of breath, fatigue. Um, the chest pain itself may not be very classic, being you know, on the left side of the chest, pressure-like. Some patients may present with just a substernal chest burning. Um, and, you know, and as I had mentioned, you know, shortness of breath, fatigue, um, just feeling worn out. So usually when my patients come to me with these symptoms, you really have to dig deep and say, okay, are these symptoms brought on with exertion? Is this something that's new? Is this something that has been happening for years? Um, does it get worse when you're emotionally upset about something or when you have to run to get the kids to school, that type of thing. So um, so long, long story short, they do present with chest pain, as do men. However, the symptoms are muddled with other symptoms, as I had mentioned, with shortness of breath, fatigue, and palpitation. So you really have to tease it out of the patients. So what actually causes a heart attack? And, and is it more a situation of your heart being under attack? Or is it a short, dramatic event? Right. So a heart attack uh, really is due to any situation that causes the circulation of the blood of the heart, the blood vessels, to suddenly um, have a decreased blood flow. That could be due to an actual um, obstruction, like a plaque that vessel that blocks the vessel off completely. Um, that could be due to sometimes there's damage to the vessels of the heart, like a spontaneous dissection where there's tearing of the blood vessel, as I had mentioned. And um, for some patients, they may not even have obstruction. They may, they have the vessels, they may present with manifestations of a heart attack. You take them to the cath lab and lo and behold, their vessels are open. Um, so it's really a situation where the demands of the heart outstrips the ability of the blood to get to the heart muscle, right? So um, usually due to, for most time, in most situations, it's due to a blockage, an actual blockage. For less um, common situations, it may be due to other symptoms like a tearing of the blood vessel of the heart, or it may be due to the, as you had mentioned, when the heart is beating fast, um, the, the blood is not able to be supplied to the muscle fast enough, and that may manifest as a heart attack. So there are varying grades of a heart attack, um, you know, to, I should say. <laughs> and the duration of a heart attack then, it's not necessarily one brief, sudden cataclysmic event. Right, right. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sure we've all heard of patients who have had a massive heart attack and suddenly have passed. It's a, it's a very quick thing. But other patients may actually present with smoldering symptoms that may be occurring over hours, uh, number of hours. Now, time means muscle, which means that the longer that the patient is in that state where the blood is not effectively going to the heart muscle, the less likely that the heart will be able to recover from that blockage. So um, th th it's very important that if patients are, are having symptoms where they think they're having a heart attack, do not wait. Um, go to the emergency room, call your doctor, get, a, get medical attention right away. Do women experience heart attacks in the same age range 
as men or do they present at older ages for women? I guess I'm asking is, are there early subtle signs that, that may get lost among other medical conditions that show up for women? So they, it's thought that the estrogen um, hormone that women have has somewhat of a protective, um, it, it's somewhat protective for heart disease. But as women approach the um, perimenopausal years and certainly the postmenopausal years, the risk for heart disease increases dramatically. So they, they tend to present with heart disease or heart attack at least probably 10 years later in life compared to men. Um, that being said, though, um, with a lot of, um, you know, many, many of us in the population, you know, with, with unhealthy habits, um, developing risk factors for heart disease, what we're seeing more and more now is that younger women are presenting with a heart attack, younger, um, even in the premenopausal years, just simply because of the overwhelming burden of risk factors that they have with diabetes, obesity, smoking, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So, um, so although generally speaking, women may present later, we should not forget that younger women are also at risk and therefore we have to manage these patients' risk factors effectively. Well, let's talk about age then. At what age should a woman start worrying about heart disease? When to get that blood test for cholesterol? When to start paying attention to risk factors, lifestyle habits, family history? Is this primarily an older woman's concern? I guess not. You just said you you see it in younger women, but how young? Right. So um, I think that it's never too early to start thinking about heart disease in terms of lifestyle choices um, because you, you build, um, you, doing these, um, making these healthy choices early in life invests in your health later in life. So um, I, I start speaking to my patients at any age, as young as in their teens, in their 20s, to start thinking about adapting a heart-healthy life, meaning do not start smoking. If you have started smoking, stop smoking, trying to eat more healthily, getting exercise and being active. Now, that being said, um, let's say you've done all of those things, but then you want to dig more into your risk factors. I would say that at starting at the age of 40, every woman should have a well woman's heart check, which means that you see your physician, even if you're not having symptoms, to get your risk factors assessed. So your blood pressure, a, a good history and physical and discussion with your physician, a thorough examination by the physician um, who would check your blood pressure, check your heart rate, do a good EKG to see what the rhythm of the heart is, certainly to get your blood work uh, done, to look at your cholesterol levels, your fasting glucose levels, um, and, and your blood count and all of that stuff. That's something that's very important, and I think it's, it's something that you should if you have not done so as yet, at starting at the age of 40, you should at least be doing that um, on an annual basis, I would say. Certainly, if you're having symptoms or any concerns for heart disease, no matter what your age is, you should see your doctor. Certainly correct diagnosis for any disease is important. Can it be tricky to diagnose heart disease in women? Yes. Absolutely. So um, as I had mentioned, you know, when women present with their um, symptoms, it's oftentimes modeled with other symptoms. So not only is it important to, to get that history, but in addition to that, to, to then make the selection for the appropriate diagnostic workup for, the, for these patients. Um, so um, there have been situations where you do a stress test for your patient and they come back, they say, listen, hey doc, I'm still having chest pain. I still can't check my mail. I'm having chest pain when I walk to, to, to the mailbox. 
I oftentimes will still send those patients for cardiac cath despite having a normal stress test because, you know, stress test being a non-invasive test, you can sometimes miss disease. And, um, and it's very important that you get, if you're not getting an answers and your patients are not feeling well, then you have to then step up the diagnostic test to a cardiac cath. Now, there are some patients where um, you do the stress test, it's normal. You do the cardiac catheterization, it's normal, and they're still having symptoms. There are certain um, more advanced testing that can be done for these patients, uh, such as a cardiac PET scan looking for what we call um, coronary blood flow reserve, which what that really means is that you're looking for disease in the very small vessels of the heart, and what we call the micro vascular, the micro, very small vessels, and those patients may not have disease in the large vessels of the heart that you can see with the naked eye in the cath lab, but these patients may have very, um, you know, poor circulation in the very small capillaries of the blood vessels of the heart. And the cardiac PET scan is very useful in looking for those patients, cardiac MRI. How to treat those patients is not very easy because it's not as easy as putting a stent in or send that patient to surgery. Those patients are um, effectively treated by getting their blood pressure controlled. You may have to put them on certain medications uh, such as nitrates to increase the blood flow to the heart. So those are just some of the diagnostic challenges. Um, I had mentioned earlier in the interview um, SCAD, which is that spontaneous tearing of the blood vessel of the heart. That's something that may not be very um, apparent or very um, easily seen on a cardiac catheterization if you're not looking for it. Um, so you may then have to do more advanced testing in the cath lab to look for that. So um, there are certain nuances um, when it comes to diagnosing heart disease in women, and that's why it's very important that if you are not getting answers from your physician, to seek an expert um, who um, knows how to diagnose and treat women with heart disease. How invasive are some of these diagnostic tests? When you talk about the cath lab and really getting into those veins, what are we actually talking about in terms of the experience for a busy woman who's not feeling well? Right. So um, the, the cardiac PET scan is similar to doing a, a stress test. It's a non-invasive test. So um, that, that does not require anything other than putting an IV line in, getting some um, pictures taken before and after stress test. Um, the testing in the cath lab is invasive because it is done through small catheters that are passed from either the wrist, most oftentimes, um, less likely from the leg up to the heart vessels. And then there are certain, you know, small wires that are then advanced into the blood vessels of the heart and they take certain measurements and they look at, at um, the vessel with dye. So that's invasive, um, but it's certainly not as invasive as doing open heart surgery. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it, there is some risk whenever we have to go into someone's body with catheters, but it's, um, it's certainly less risky than having to do surgery. We'll continue our conversation with Dr. Renee Bullock-Palmer. A new Deborah Health podcast drops the first Wednesday of every month. And in our next one, we'll hear about reversing some forms of heart disease in women, managing others, and living as well as you can with it, and importantly, preventing as much as you can. I'm Rasa Kay. You can always listen to all of the informative Deborah Doctor interviews at DeborahHealthReport.com. Schedule an appointment at DemandDeborah.org.